Hi friends, welcome back to the Woven in Truth podcast. We are so excited to be back in action. We have missed you all and you are listening to the Woven in Truth podcast. And um, yeah, this is our first episode from a long podbatical, as we called it. <laughs> um, we obviously love the concept of rhythm and, and we want to live by that and also podcast by that. So um, we needed some margin and some creative space, but as always, we know your time is super valuable, and if you spend it listening to us, we're very grateful, and we want it to be spiritually and emotionally helpful. Um, so that's our prayer and kind of process behind curating episodes, but we are so refreshed, inspired, and we cannot wait to dig into our amazing spring lineup. And kicking it off today, we have um, an episode that's going to be focused on the relevance and accessibility of the scriptures themselves, which I think is, wow, so helpful, so timely. Um, and I would love to introduce our special guest, Mary Ann Rose. Thank you so much for sharing your time and insights with all of us today. Thank you. Um, can you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners so they can get to know you as well? Yeah. So my name is Mary Ann Rose, and um, I turned 59 years old about a month ago. Oh, happy birthday. Well, I mean. <laughs> I should have um, brought something. <laughs> yeah. We're a month and a half out. Um, but it's very interesting to me to be looking at 60 mm -hmm. here in the next year and looking back at the life that I planned on and the life that I built and the life that I have now. Yeah. And um, so I'm a school teacher and I spent a few years teaching French at Arizona State University Ooh. years and years ago. And then we moved out to Los Angeles in 1989. Okay. And my kids were born in LA. And uh, then I did some writing for KNN. And, oh yeah, KNN. Mm -hmm. And uh, worked on the LA Story, okay. uh, short magazine bulletin, and then um, I became an English teacher and I taught English at LA Unified at Venice High School for fourteen years. Very cool. Yeah, and so I retired and we moved down here to San Diego uh, almost about three and a half years ago. Cool. And you have you're a grandmother too, right? I'm a grandmother. How many grandkids do you have? I have uh, three grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Austin is six. Maddie just turned four, and Mabel will be two. Sweet Mabel. This coming week, Aww. and then we have one more that we're waiting for. That is in so March. fun. It is the best. I love that. Very cool. Yeah. Um, um, can you share with us a little bit more about the topic we're unpacking today and kind of why you think it's it's paramount, maybe to mm. you, but also to, to all of us as followers of Jesus? Yeah, so we're talking about the authority of the scriptures and the accessibility of the scriptures, mm -hmm. um, that mm -hmm. the Bible is consistent mm -hmm. and it's something that each of us can read, can apply, can see work in our lives. Um, we have so much content right yes. now in yes, our world. Do. So many opportunities to collect good ideas mm -hmm. or bad ideas, mm -hmm. just tons and tons of ideas. So with the advent of the internet and social media, uh, we don't even have to look very far for a lot of content and yeah. a lot of opinion and a lot mm -hmm. of, um, a lot of, you know, sort of cultural change and ideas. Right. We can be thrown right in the middle of it. And it's really hard to discern. Mm -hmm what really truth is and right. I'm really big on consistency what was yep. true a long time ago and what is true now mm -hmm. so I mean my firm conviction is the Bible yep. it's true in its inception and mm -hmm. it, it's true today right 
That is, I think, so true. And I think why God's even just kind of generated a lot of this discussion, but also for me, the precedence of some of this and me taking some time in my life and spirituality to like reestablish some of these things that maybe were established a long time ago, but have just gotten confusing. Um, So I'm really excited about this personally, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening are going to be really excited too, but also just grateful for your perspective on some of this. And so anyways, I'll kind of just let you dive in to to some of your insights and what you wanted to share. And then I'll probably pop in here and there, and I'm sure I'll have some follow-up questions at the end. So yeah, go ahead, dive in. I can't wait to hear more. Sure. So uh, when I became a Christian, um, I was part of a great group of young women uh, in a household that was really intent, not only on studying the Bible for themselves, but studying the Bible with other people. And uh, we felt uh, very connected Mm -hmm. to uh, each other because we were really studying through the scriptures to try to figure out what they meant for us and what they meant for the people that we were studying with. So um, when we uh, would sit down with people, we talk about how the Bible is the authority. And I really like uh, the scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And those of us who've been studying the Bible for a while are really familiar with it, but it's always good to kind of go back to. Mm-hmm. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And um, the the phrase that I like the most about this, well, there's two. One is useful. I like mm-hmm. that the Bible is useful. Yeah. And um, I think we're in a time right now in our culture where... There's, again, so much content that we don't really remember how useful this ancient book really Mm, is. Yeah. Um, And that it does thoroughly equip. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about this a little bit, but I like the word equipped better than I think the popular term of empower. (laughs) Even though I love to feel empowered, Mm -hmm. I'm a person who loves freedom Mm -hmm. and I really do not like confinement or many restrictions. Same here. So um, I, I like the term, but where the Bible is concerned, I like much better to be equipped. Yeah. Um, so when we would study the Bible with people when we were really young and single, we talked about the aspirations that we had that we wanted to be equipped for, mm-hmm. to be a, a good employee, to give a lot to our careers, to be a wife, mm-hmm. to be a mom, uh, those kinds of things that we aspired to do. Right. What we learned from the Bible is that that is where you go to be well equipped for those things. Right. And of course, now I've been married for 36 years. Wow, that's awesome. It's it's really great. Um, but the equipment that I had to be a successful wife, um, was came from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's where that's where I got that. And it's a very um, it's a distinctive and it's a pretty. Um, there's not a lot of room for leeway in a statement like that. Mm-hmm. You can be thoroughly equipped. So you want to be a good student, mm-hmm. the scriptures help. You want to be a good mom, the scriptures help. You want to be a good wife, a good employee, a good CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to be equipped for. That's a that's a first of all, it's a big statement right. for a book to make. Yeah. Um, but I think the Bible actually proves itself to be that way. That's true. And we don't have to compartmentalize all of that either. Like, yeah. okay, it's helpful in my spiritual life mm-hmm. or in the, but it's like this, this wholeness that it mm-hmm. has to it. I think that's so cool. Yeah. I think that's, um, in part, I think that's God's intention mm-hmm. is to really be able to walk, you know, for us to walk beside him mm-hmm. and for me to be able to, um, see from him the direction that I need to take. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and then be able to go back. You know, I'm old enough now that I go back and I go, oh, I, I remember that I learned this concept from you, from your word. And right. then I put it into practice and now I see how, I now see how it's born fruit or how yes. it's, and it's not necessarily always the way I had planned. Mm-hmm. So this isn't necessarily like, um, you know, I have these very specific goals. Mm-hmm. And so the scriptures are going to help me accomplish my specific goals. It's a matter of trusting God to be equipped for something and it might not look the way you want it to look when you embark on it. Right. If that makes sense. It totally does. And I think it goes back to kind of your point earlier when we were even like generating this episode and we were having some initial conversations. I loved talking about the empowerment versus equipment conversation because mm-hmm. I do think you hit on something really pivotal that the power belongs to God mm-hmm. and he is who equips us through the word. And to some degree, it takes the pressure off that I feel to figure everything out all the time or to equip myself or to, I just think there's actually a really beautiful freedom in that, that the power belongs to him like it always has, but to acknowledge that Mm -hmm. and follow the scriptures and trusting that the power belongs to him, but he is equipping me through them. It changes things, Mm -hmm. you know, in a pretty powerful way, I think. Yeah, I like the idea of taking the pressure off of myself and comparing myself. I was certainly guilty of this. I mean, my whole life, comparing myself to other people that I found or I thought were more successful at different things. Certainly that mom guilt that you feel, that everyone feels. Um, I think that the more I look to the scriptures, uh, the better equipped I feel to do the things I need to do that I aspire to do and then trust, trust God that they'll come out if I want them to glorify him that's going to be a look look a lot different than right my comparing myself to somebody else totally so true yeah so I really I liked it and I like studying this particular scripture with other women because I think um it's a very novel concept and I think this is a pretty novel concept even in the religious world Mm -hmm. to understand that it's the bible that equips us right so it's always a really good discussion to have Mm -hmm. um but from this you know I sort of I figured this out early in my Christian life, and I think a lot of people do, that the Bible's at the center of regular Christian fellowship, that this is the thing that Mm. unites us with each other. Right. And, you know, we go through different seasons. So sometimes we have a lot of time to read and study the Bible and talk about it with each other. And sometimes we have just enough to get through a day. Yeah. And uh, I think those things, you know, that's all part of being close to anyone, right. but being close to God, there's going to be some days where I really get a lot of understanding and feel equipped. True. And there's other days where I'm just kind of hanging by a thread and, you know. <laughs> Writing some old, leather, old conviction you've had for a long time. Yeah. yeah. And then I just, you know, I say something to myself like, your mercies are new every morning mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. I'm yep. going to figure it out from there. Yep. But it again is very freeing. Mm-hmm. But for, I think for disciples of Jesus, The Bible really still needs to be at the center of our fellowship. Mm -hmm. And um, we need to be able to open it, to read it, and to gain some insight from it that we can share with each other. Right. And the cool thing about discipleship of Jesus is it does equip each Christian to teach the Bible to other people. Mm. And I think this is really important. We, We have a lot of opportunity, and our movement has a lot of people who are you know, older than I am and pursued a lot of additional learning right? and additional degrees and, you know, all those things. And I think those are really good. Um, but I don't think that they take the place of or negate an average person gaining insight for herself from the scriptures exactly. and sharing that insight with, uh, with her peers. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it was often, it's often sort of a, uh, it's a sort of in the background mm-hmm. kind of an activity. It doesn't get held up very often. It's right. not part of a Sunday service. Um, it doesn't look very impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the thing, I think, that creates uh, the greatest amount of, for one thing, self, a little bit of self-discipline. Yeah. And, um, and deep conviction. Yeah. The kind of thing that stays with you when you go through very difficult times. Definitely. Do you feel like some of what you're talking about, do you feel like we've maybe lost that a little bit recently? I don't, I mean, the pandemic obviously yeah. impacts things, mm-hmm. but what are your thoughts on that in general? Like, cause I think what you're saying, it shouldn't sound so different than what we already do. And maybe we do this in certain areas, but it also, it's encouraging for me to think and helpful for me to think about, oh yeah, this, this is what we're supposed to do. And mm-hmm. this is, we all can do this and we want this. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like we've lost this a little bit? Um, I do. And I think the pandemic hasn't helped. Right. Um, anything that separates us from each other, yeah, I think doesn't help. And I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of impressive things about a Sunday church service mm-hmm. these days. When I started going to the Church of Christ, I started in Lille, France. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I was part of a, I actually just stumbled into a mission effort that um, some people made from a university here in the United States. It was a very, very small church of people. Okay. Very few people spoke any English. I studied the Bible in French. I learned a lot of the songs. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, wow. we didn't have any, th- it was not impressive, but it was mm-hmm. so comforting. And yeah. my, one of my very, very best friends in my life is uh, still in Europe. She's living in Geneva. Mm-hmm. She's still part of the church. We talk about being disciples. We talk about the word together. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married about the same time, raised our kids about the same time. And the consistency of the truth of the word of God mm-hmm. has been the most amazing thing for both of us to look back on. Right. It'll be 40 years of friendship right. this year. So it, it was, again, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, there, there were no instruments. It was, mm-hmm. it was acapella singing and it was open your Bibles and it was Sunday school class. And mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, and then a, a lesson and, Oftentimes, and certainly this is true in other countries, there everybody took a break to go eat at somebody's house. And, okay. Um, I found that when I came back to uh, to the U.S. Uh, but I think that we've got we've gotten very busy, right? And uh, we've gotten, and this is just my opinion. I think the most impressive thing about the Christian life is their ability to read, understand, live out, and share the Word of God. Oh, yeah. Me too. Just nothing is more inspiring. Like, we we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, but just Christians being Christians. Like, living out their convictions, like, and seeing the impact of that from afar. Mm -hmm. And it's usually nothing that's, like you said, necessarily, like, advertised on social but like just the people like in our church right now that are taking care of uh, one of the sisters passed away and she has a daughter with special needs an adult daughter and Mm. just all these christians jumping in and helping setting her up taking care of her like on a week-to-week basis not Mm -hmm. a here's a gift card good Mm -hmm. luck but like a like that's so meaningful and i think the scriptures and the convictions and the grounding in that are what matter you know Mm -hmm. so I'm sorry, I totally took us off track. No, no worries. I, I mean, I, I think that there's a, there's a way of looking at Christianity in, in our culture, which mm-hmm. is that it's a Sunday thing. It's a weekly thing. It's a ritual totally. thing. Um, but for the disciple of Jesus, it's a daily thing, a mm-hmm. daily, nightly thing. Um, and it permeates. Yes. It permeates your relationships. It, 
it, it, I've talked to a few, quite a few women my age, kind of about our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And they've asked me about, you know, my marriage and family and things. And they've asked me, so did you marry your husband because he was a Christian? Mm. And I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. That was, that was the, right. the, you know, that was the criteria. Right. And they seem, they seemed a little surprised by that. Like, did they feel like that was in some way, I don't know. Like, it, just you, unusual. Unusual. Okay, so Whereas not wrong. Me, not just at all. Unusual. Just unusual. Okay. Uh, and for me, it was a given that that's, you know, and for both of us, that mm-hmm. that's what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we start to get impressive and build impressive things into a, a Sunday, which I'm, I'm not opposed to, mm-hmm. we want to make sure, I think, that we continue to cultivate that kind of that relationship that's really in the background, right. that service, right. that, you know, th- that stuff that's a little bit less impressive mm-hmm. because I think God sees it. Right. And I, I mean, I'm firmly convinced that God blesses it, that God, totally. you know, wants it to happen and, you know, instructs us to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, even when you read the Bible, we know the people in the Bible were not impressive people minus, mm-hmm. a, minus a couple. Right. They, they were ordinary people and God mm-hmm. constantly called ordinary people to have a relationship with him right. and do great things that no one even noticed right. during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So, well, and as you, you know, I'm going into, uh, you know, whatever phase of my life at this mm-hmm. point, I know what I believe, mm-hmm. I know what I think, and I know what doesn't, you know, what doesn't serve me, what doesn't come from God. And I, right. And I feel pretty confident that, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like I haven't made a ton of mistakes and suffered a ton of sinfulness and a ton of disobedience, um, but God has stayed really consistent and the word has stayed really consistent. Right. And it sounds like the scriptures are what you use to discern that. Yep. Yeah. And that's maybe what's helpful. And I think that's what I'm feeling like I need because I get, I can feel like that scripture like tossed mm-hmm. a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Like I'll feel grounded and then something happens or I'm very reactive, mm-hmm. even spiritually sometimes. Sure. And I'm, I'm kind of starting to follow those threads, not judge them, but like sit with that a little bit and see like, okay, God, what are you calling me to? Or what are you calling me back to? Mm-hmm. That's why I'm so glad we're having these conversations. Yeah. I think, I think we, um, we, we need to understand we can be f- fully equipped. Mm-hmm. We can still be fully equipped. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get concerned about all the content that's out there available to women because I, I feel like we might compare ourselves to people that we think are totally are better equipped for one reason or another because they have totally. better lighting in their <laughs> – full disclosure, <laughs> they have better lighting in their Instagram <laughs> than I do. Um, you know, I, and I feel bad especially for women your age and younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I taught teenage girls and – um, the, it was hard for them to feel fully equipped with it. You know, this life is not easy. Right. It's not easy for women. It's not easy right. for young women. Um, the Bible is so, is such a great lifeline mm-hmm. to young women mm-hmm. about how to equip them to make the right decisions. Right. It's still true. Right. It was true when I was a teen. It was true when I was studying the Bible. It was true when I got married, when I raised my own children, mm-hmm. it, it equipped me. Right. And even the idea of standard, I think, is actually so inspiring and and to some degree, maybe a little countercultural, like it with is. everything being so nuanced and evolving and these mm-hmm. concepts, like the idea of just having consistent standard in the scriptures, mm-hmm. like I, I actually think it's kind of revolutionary right now. It is. Um, but so like how much security and confidence mm-hmm. wait there for us from mm-hmm. him, like yeah. that's pretty cool to think about. 
Yeah, I appreciate you use the word evolving because I've been kind of questioning a lot as how we talk about it in Christian life. Okay. And um, what I prefer, it's a little bit like the empowering versus equipping. Right. Um, what I prefer is refinement. Right. To evolution. I prefer clarity. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually prefer mm-hmm. clarity to nuance. And it's not yeah. like I don't appreciate those things, but refinement and clarity and um, really... Uh, just that clear understanding of the scripture mm-hmm. to me is um, it, it's it's an anchor. I you know, love that. Yeah, that's really cool. Can you repeat that too? That's pretty revolutionary. When you just said you prefer refinement to evolving mm-hmm. and clarity to nuance. Because if everything's nuance and everything's gray, yeah. where do we land? Exactly. That's how I felt, and I'm not trying to devalue anybody's process out there but Mm -hmm. I do think in my life for me personally if I don't have if I'm not standing on any solid ground I feel like I am all over the place Mm -hmm. and that is not how I want to live I don't I don't know I that's not what I see in Jesus Mm -hmm. exactly read a gospel and you will find uh, in my in my experience in Mm -hmm. my reading you'll find a lot more refinement Mm -hmm. a lot more clarity Mm. You'll find people talking with him about nuance. Mm -hmm. Nicodemus comes to mind. Yes. Yes. And then you find Jesus bringing him back to clarity. Mm. And so, um, wow. I appreciate that. I mean, I'm an English teacher, so I appreciate the use of word. I appreciate uh, the the idea of nuance and Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. But in terms of how am I going to live my life? Mm -hmm. How am I going to take my steps? How am I going to be equipped to be the person I really want to be? Right. I, I appreciate much more refinement and much more much more clarity. And how cool that we're invited to do the same. Like mm-hmm. to go to God, to go to the scriptures, to go to Jesus and approach him with mm-hmm. these. I'm kind of confused here. This feels this feels unclear. Exactly. And then we can find that. Exactly. In that's really cool. Yeah. So I wanted to share a couple of scriptures that um that sort of stood out to me. Like the thing that I've come to the realization of is this is useful for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. This is not, I'm going to be doing this for a little while and I'm going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't serve me anymore. Yeah. That's absolutely not true about the Bible. Yeah. It's utterly relevant and it is, um, it's so useful. It still thoroughly equips at any stage mm-hmm. of life. And um, there's a couple of scriptures that I just kind of notice for my own life. And this is what I kind of wanted to talk about with like, even like a quiet time. Mm-hmm. So I think this is, one of the, I don't want to say wrong, one of the things that I had sort of absorbed as a younger Christian being around um, some other Christians that were a little bit more mature than I was, was um, the idea that a quiet time, in order to be a really good quiet time, mm-hmm. so to speak, it needed to be a certain amount of time. Yeah. It needed to, uh, you know, be sort of life-changing <laughs> and it needed to be, you know. Revolutionary. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. And and um, I feel like I definitely internalized this kind of worldly idea mm-hmm. that, and it wasn't a quiet time if it if it didn't meet certain cri- right. criteria. Um, right. And at some point, as a young person, I thought, okay, this is going to be a quiet time for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down and read, and mm-hmm. I'm going to gain some insight. Mm-hmm. And if I have 15 minutes for that insight, because right. I have little kids right. and a job, then that's how I'm going to gain this insight. Totally. So I'm going to look really hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm not going to compare myself to what I think other people's standards are. I'm going to gain something from God that reminds me of his eternal nature, Mm -hmm. that he cares for me, Mm -hmm. and something that I know that I wouldn't have known otherwise. Mm -hmm. 
and that's going to be it. I love that. Um, I think it, I feel like I want to tell young women like to be more gentle Mm -hmm. on themselves about striving to understand and know and be close to God. Like there's going to be some days, it's like this with your kids. Mm -hmm. There's going to be some days where you have all this, you know, tremendous, wonderful time together. And there's going to be some days where you don't have that. And then we all feel guilty. I didn't Mm -hmm. spend enough time and I'll go back and double up and I, you know, right? <laughs> Cram. Spend extra time. <laughs> yeah. And then sometimes that extra time doesn't go the way I wanted it to I go. Know. Like there, it, there's a lot of disappointment. I think we, right. That, that we feel that we probably don't need right. to. That's so true. And I think what you're talking about, kind of the pressure you, you used to feel of like, mm-hmm. it needs to be a certain amount of time. Like some of what I feel is the atmosphere has to be ideal for me, like to me, oh, I would just love to go sit at my favorite coffee shop, have my journal, you know, like have this perfect, sure. like my highlighters. Like, date, I know date with God. I know Light sounds, a candle. I know it sounds silly, but like that's what I think of. Like that's that's what I would love. And so sometimes other things can feel, I don't know, more just like functional. And I think, but there's so much, there's so much beauty even in that, the day to day, like. Mm-hmm okay, I this is how I wanted to react, but instead I looked at the scripture and I reflected on it mm-hmm. and then I obeyed it. And just to see God show up even in that, yes. the day-to-day, like more of the like that wholeness we're talking about, that, that this impacts every aspect of our mm-hmm. life and every mm-hmm. day of our life, whether it's, you know what I mean? Like you said, the, the really awesome going to a Saturday morning Bible class and unpacking something that mm-hmm. just feels like huge, but also just those days where I I get some insight from one scripture mm-hmm. and I, I follow it and yeah. then I see Jesus in that. So, yeah. Um, I did want to share this one scripture in Ephesians chapter four. Mm-hmm. And I do also want to say I came up in the world. Mm-hmm. I was not raised in a Christian home. Um, it was not a, uh, it was not an intact family mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't have a lot of, um, teaching about life mm-hmm. that I could take with me. It was a very sort of chaotic, pretty, okay. um, reactive yeah. sort of, sort of life. And so there was a lot of confusion. I came to, I came to God just having been in all kinds of sin and just, mm-hmm. it was, it was a, I, I either went one direction or another. Okay. So it was a desperation, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any uh, training on how to be like a good kid, okay. so to speak. So um, I was reading through and struggling through like uh, the book of Ephesians and I came to Ephesians four seventeen through 20. So I was in college. I was 21. I was trying to maintain a Christian life. I was in a sorority. Um, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> um, it was a rough balance, I think, to strike, but I couldn't, I, I was discouraged by the conflict yes of really yes. trying to to be Jesus's disciple in this time in my life and right. so Ephesians 4 17 to 20 really clarified why my old life needed to be left behind mm-hmm. and uh, Paul tells the Ephesians he says so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking they are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, mm-hmm. and they are full of greed. Um, and an earlier uh, translation says, with a continual lust for more. Wow. And that's literally the environment that I was in. Mm-hmm. Every kind of an impurity mm-hmm. with a continual lust for more. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, no wonder, first of all, this is hard for me. Exactly. 
because I'm not just trying to be good. I'm not just trying to be like a clean cut kid. I'm actually trying to live a life that isn't futile. Yeah. And I'm actually trying to get out of my thinking right. the way I used to be. Of mm-hmm. course, this is going to be hard. Right. And I actually felt like a grace from God. Mm. And the other thing is I left a futile life. Right. I left a life that wasn't going to create for me or give to me any of the things, any of the desires of my heart. Right. So, and I was just talking about this with my husband last night, like our little theme scripture was commit your ways to the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we were talking about the desires of our heart that are currently fulfilled. We get to spend the whole day with our granddaughter yesterday and she was a delight that we get to host people at our house, that we get to you know, contribute generously as we can mm-hmm. to the fellowship of believers that we have friends mm-hmm. all over the world, these kinds of things. Right. But that you only know these things after right. putting time in. Right. And after that training of leaving behind futile desires, wow. a futile life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, when we talk about like the influx of content, we got to understand mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of futility in that as well. True. The gathering up of opinions and I want to hear this and I want to hear that and this mm-hmm. speaks to me and what's now my new perspective going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible's really clear that the when you are uh, darkened in your understanding mm-hmm. and your heart is hard because of ignorance, you lose sensitivity. Right. And it's that sensitivity that makes sometimes the Christian life feel painful. Oh, that's so true. Right. You develop that sensitive heart. You go, oh, this is... It used to be right for me, but now it's wrong. Yeah. And leaning into that tension and seeing that as a good Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. Like the spirit might be leading me to something Mm -hmm. like where I am growing. Yeah. Or I am trying to land here and I want to land on the scriptures. Like that tension Mm -hmm. indicates struggle that you are trying to fight to find God. Yeah. Yeah. And the chaos that is this world. Okay. So we talked about a little bit the struggle of a young person trying to come out of her old life mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. the scriptures did to help her cling to that new life mm-hmm. that she was actually also really bad at. Mm. So I had to keep reminding myself, um, you know, sort of what I think that the Bible does is we don't realize that it actually meets us and instructs us and equips us through every stage. Mm-hmm. It was a very good way for me to learn how to be a college student and a single woman and mm-hmm. a person who understood purity or at least tried to understand purity. Right. That tried to understand what it was to have a pure dating relationship and get mm-hmm. married and all things that I didn't know or understand I was very ignorant about. Mm-hmm. So later on in my life, um, in 1989, I was 20, uh, almost 25, so 24 years old, okay. newly married, and my husband had been out of work for four months. And uh, got a job in Los Angeles. At that same time, the LA Church was being planted out of Boston. Oh, cool. So we went to a conference in Boston, and we were just like, okay, I think we're going to be moving to Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to completely uproot our lives. No plans were happening. Nothing was coming to fruition that we had prayed about or planned. Oh, okay. Picked up everything. Not a lot of things. We were, you know, 24 and 26 years old, but um, moved away from our home state of, you know, where I was in high school and college in Arizona Mm -hmm. and getting ready to move to Los Angeles. And so I had a Bible, I had the Thompson Chain Reference Bible, if you're familiar with it. Oh, yes. It's an older NIV and it was heavy and I took Mm -hmm. it every Sunday with me and wrote a bunch of notes in it. I still have it. A couple of pages are kind of, you know, (laughs) uh, kind of messed up. But um, I was going through the Thompson Chain, which I really like because it doesn't have commentary, but it has concordance. It has connections of scriptures. Yes. So uh, there was something about moving. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to be moving. So let me see and let me pray about what I can study about moving okay. that would help me. Yeah. Again, what can I, what's one thing, a concept, an idea, a message from God that I can cling to mm-hmm. and sort of implement? And I came across Hosea 10, 12. I love Hosea. I do too, but I didn't know anything about this mm-hmm. book. I hadn't read all the th- way through the Bible. I didn't know anything about this, and I didn't know about the the context. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's great to look at context, but there are things that stand alone exactly. that you can take with you, which is the the right. great you know um, the great gift of the scriptures. Exactly, there's concepts that stand all by themselves mm-hmm. that you can stand on, and then there's also context. Right, it's interesting forever. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Hosea ten twelve is definitely my favorite Old Testament scripture. It says, sow righteousness for yourselves, mm. reap the fruit of unfailing love, and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. Oof. And I, the metaphor of breaking up your unplowed ground, of looking at the beginning of a field, mm. And what it's going to take to cultivate something that actually grows and produces fruit. Mm-hmm. That's the the stage of life that I was in. Wow. And I completely understood it. I was like, first of all, that's one of the more beautiful metaphors. Right. And certainly there's a lot of like cultivating seed planting. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could definitely do a study on that. Totally. And uh, apply it to your own life. Mm-hmm. But I was, again, I was 24. I didn't have a huge understanding of what we were going to be doing. I had no idea I was moving to a city that was going to expect me to be part of a mission team. Oh, really? None whatsoever. So you weren't like signed up for that and then it didn't unfold like that? It did not. Okay. It did not. Um, And so this was a very good thing for me to to cling to and to remember back Mm -hmm. to. This is the unplowed ground. Right. And plowing is hard. Mm -hmm. And when you have to break something up, those are difficult things. So I, it really stuck with me. It helped me understand, oh, you're actually, you're actually in a church that is a mission team church. Right. We have a different way of, uh, of conducting our lives, mm-hmm. of allocating our time. Yeah. We have goals. We right. have, you know, we, we are moving. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a good time for me to adapt to that. Right. But I had not signed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, well, my husband just found a job in L.A., mm-hmm. so... That's so that's going to be our adventure. Right. But because we're disciples, we had a completely different, we had to adapt to totally. a, a mission. And I'm so grateful for it. But I'm telling you, like, I was shocked mm-hmm. to figure out that this is what was required. Wow. But I also understood that as a disciple, I might as well. Mm-hmm. If I'm Jesus's disciple yeah. and uh, people need to hear the word of God, yeah. then this is what I need to do. Mm. And from that, it just helped me really understand. I was in the business of cultivating something. I was in that yeah. activity. I was breaking up ground, planting seeds, watering them, mm-hmm. cultivating them, and watching them grow. Mm-hmm. So now, at almost 60, I can actually look at a field. I can yeah. actually look at that unplowed ground. Mm-hmm. And I can see, certainly, weeds have sprung up. Not everything has borne tremendous fruit. Right. But God did give me the desires of my heart. Wow. And I did study the Bible. I studied the Bible with one of my best friends. She's my absolute ride or die in LA. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be hosting her daughter's bridal shower here. Oh, that's so cool. It's, I mean, and we talk about the mission and we talk right. about the scriptures and we talk about our quiet times. And she intensely loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have been together, you know, in that mission. Right. But she was baptized as part of that. Right. right? So... 
when I understood that, I was like, well, this is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. And this isn't going to be what I understood about church attendance. Yeah. Like I did come from a Christianist background where once a week you spent your time on a Sunday at at a church service. I sang in choirs my whole life. I was in children's choirs and Mm -hmm. things like that. So I sort of came in in a backdoor sense into Christianity. Right. But when it comes down to actually living the life Mm -hmm. and actually, uh, you know, when God says break up, this ground, right? you know, and sow the seeds of righteousness. I was like, well, certain things are going to have to go. Certain Mm -hmm. things, you know, my materialistic desires, my, you know, I'm going to be confronting some of those things. Yeah. It's been useful, but I was like, this is beautiful because God has unfailing love. Mm -hmm. That's the fruit that I want to reap. That's what I want to collect is that fruit of unfailing love. Those long-lasting relationships, the idea where you get to sit down and talk with somebody and counsel them from what you know and understand from the Bible, and it helps, Mm -hmm. and they put it into practice, and it actually bears fruit, in in one way or another. Those are that's a useful life, right? And I I definitely like that, and it was a good thing for me to read prior to moving because I had to recall it later on when my character was being so challenged, right? Because you're like, oh, this is part of it. Yeah. Like there's an awareness of the scriptures you're digging into, but then there's also the yielding to them and hanging in there and persevering in them, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. we're equipped, then I think there's an element of persevering in those too. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we don't always have the understanding as we're applying, right? We for sure don't. Yeah. This scripture makes so much more sense to me now, having right. put it into practice. Mm-hmm. But I had to go, I guess this is what it is. <laughs> I guess some of these, you know, some of this uh, tax on my time, mm-hmm. which I'm really glad I understand. I have I have better boundaries now, I think, and most people do, okay. you know, my age. But um, I understand that we're going to have to move our time around. Mm-hmm. You know, the discipleship is a matter of priority. True. And that's never going to go away. Right. So I do have my boundaries, but I also have my priorities. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So, um. The, the other thing that I kind of think is great that I do feel like I would like to see us as disciples, Christians in general, put into practice is that the the Bible has a great way for women to form deep and lasting and good relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and later, you know, all through my life, again, I did not know how to be a wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to aspire to as being a mom. And I was one of those people, and you might know people like this, who were just afraid of failure constantly. Totally. Like, I got married, but I was like, uh. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, without God, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. I had a baby. I was like, oh, I would have wrecked this one. I know. It was not a, you know, a comfortable place to stand. Yeah. And I had the advice and the discipline of older women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the women that I loved and admired as a young wife was Linda Brumley. Oh, yeah. I and, love her. She's yeah. actually going to come on the show soon. So I'm, everybody can look forward to her. <laughs> For sure I will. Um, But I think, you know, and I'm sure she doesn't realize all the impact. You know, she and her husband came and talked, Mm -hmm. and they just had such a fun relationship. Totally. And I was like, oh, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship of love and fun, and Jesus is at the center of that and purpose. Right. And I know that she spent her time talking to women about how to have what they wanted in marriage relationships and family relationships. And the Bible actually, you know, calls for us to do that. Okay, so we're talking about um, the relationship that women can have with each other based on the scriptures. Right. So I know that um, Paul talks to Timothy, and he gives instruction about the uh, 
older women and their relationship with younger women. Right. And I even like to say more experienced women and less experienced women. So we're not really necessarily identifying an age group. But we're talking about a length of experience. Mm -hmm. And he says... Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way that they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Mm -hmm. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, Mm -hmm. and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will line the the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is, this might be a difficult teaching. Wow. In this day and age. It is. And I like to say it because I did not know how to love my husband without women teaching me how to do it. And I think Paul tells Timothy this because that was true in biblical times as well. Mm-hmm. Now, my this is just my supposition, understanding about cultures, but most marriages were arranged True during that time. That's true. So I don't even know to what extent husbands and wives even knew each other before they were joined in marriage. Mm -hmm. Most marriages in the world still are arranged. Wow. We are just in a culture, in our Western culture, where where they are not. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, they are. So we have to be, I I think it's kind Mm -hmm. for Paul to tell Timothy, listen, give these women a great responsibility. Teach these younger women how to love these men that they're married to, that they're in this covenant with. Mm-hmm. because they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I totally understood it. I don't know. Right. I don't know how to love this person. Right. It It's it's not second nature to me. It's not something that I understand from my family life. I had to be taught right. how to do it. I had to be taught how to love my children. Mm-hmm. It wasn't innate. And I I think I'm maternal now, but I wouldn't have considered myself particularly maternal as a younger person. I wanted children, right. but I'm not sure that I had the kind of nurturing that couldn't that wasn't taught exactly so these things were taught to me by women who devoted themselves to that mm-hmm. and but you had you probably had to be open to that oh I begged for it <laughs> that's the other thing is I, I had a very clear understanding that right. I came out of the world right that I did not have a lot of great foundational knowledge mm-hmm. um, I love my family very much it's just not it, it wasn't part of our uh, of our lives growing up totally so, and I think that's probably the case for more people than not. Exactly. And I, I mean, I always don't know what I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think that doesn't necessarily change based on, like, I think maybe I was in more of that posture when I first got married, like one of humility and, and mm-hmm. even a desire mm-hmm. to be better, to be how Jesus wanted me to be in that yeah. time, in that relationship or in other relationships. And then I think time though, if we're not careful, we can lose that spirit, right? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, any amount of experience or age and even success or longevity mm-hmm. can lull us into thinking that we've arrived. Totally. Or that we're good at something. Totally. Um, but, you know, you've sat in, I mean, I've certainly sat in couples discipling time. And mind you, I sat with, down with older Christians. They were not skilled or not skilled. They were not um, educated counselors. They didn't have, yeah. you know, they weren't professionals. Right. But they were honest. I love that. And they believed the word of God. I love that. And sometimes that's exactly what you need. Yeah. I I love the idea mm-hmm. that people pursue, you know, degrees in counseling and skills and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I like to give credence to people with experience, with longevity, mm-hmm. and with a clear understanding of the scriptures. Right. My job is to love my husband and mm-hmm. love my children so that no one will malign the word of God. Wow. So I feel like those are good things to kind of sit with and think think about. It hasn't mm-hmm. stopped me from 
pursuing other goals. It hasn't mm-hmm. stopped me from cultivating um, an individual personal life. Right. I feel like I, I'm, I'm distinct, mm-hmm. even though I'm part of a family right. and part of a marriage. I have a distinct uh, existence. Totally. Um, but uh, I learned how to love my husband. I love that. And someone had to teach me how to do it. Mm. And Paul told Timothy, that's the job of these women. Right. To teach them how to love the people that they're involved with. Mm-hmm. So... You know, again, I think we t- this is where a lot of content may or may not align with this. But this is a very simple, again, sort of stand on its own. Mm-hmm. No way to really escape this. Yep. You know, and you you may have sat down with couples who have discipled you in your marriage. And you come away going, well, that, I hated that. And uh, <laughs> thanks for nothing. And thanks for we're nothing. still not talking in the car. <laughs> and I don't believe any of it. Right. <laughs> It's just, it's, or, hey, that teaching. sounds great for you exactly. in your circumstance. <laughs> With a dude you're married to, but this guy. Yeah, exactly. totally. Been there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and one of the things that I wanted to, that I really appreciate is the influence of the mature women in our ministries. Mm-hmm. And the women that I still think about, their, their tremendous wisdom, their mm-hmm. tremendous piety. And mm-hmm. I feel like we don't talk about that as much, but that... A woman who is restrained and self-controlled yep. and who who is talented, but she uses her talents to glorify mm-hmm. God and to exalt uh, her husband yep. and her children. Yep. Um, it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. It's something that might be missing, again, if you're inundated with a whole lot of content. Yeah. Um, that we are, we're designed to work in, in concert with each other. Yeah. So and true. I'm fine with that because I don't feel any less valuable. I don't feel exactly. any less talented, um, any less unique, any less mm-hmm. of having gifts. But I understand what it is to adapt to a home circumstance. True. And I understand those things through God. Mm-hmm. I don't understand those things at all through mm-hmm. through the world. Right. So it, I think those are useful discussions to have. And um, again, I just I think it's not a given, even if you've got a whole bunch of kingdom kids. Right. That that young people who get married know how to love each other. Right. We're designed to teach each other to do those things. Totally. And what a gift community is in that. Yes. Like I was, I was reflecting on that this week and I was sitting in a D group and it was multi-generational and it was so interesting and rich to hear different people's thoughts and experiences and convictions actually and just glean wisdom from that and Mm -hmm. me remembering like hey I have a lot of influences in my life and I want to still use those and parenting resources or different you know things I I use and go to and I I find helpful but okay there's there's something about having people that are actually in my life real time that know me know my situation and are seeing it and advising from that perspective Mm -hmm. um not just um, a third party like I'm listening to that doesn't even know me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I might feel really connected to them like I do some of the people sure. I listen to. Sure. But they wouldn't even know my name. And they're giving general context, general advice, which is good and helpful. But I think, wow, what a gift spiritual community is. Mm-hmm. Especially if I really mean what I'm saying about wanting to adhere to these scriptures mm-hmm. in my life. And there, there can be, yeah, like you said, there, there can be like, I don't know, different things there that maybe we get stuck on or have a hard time with. There's some people who've had bad experiences. I know. For right? sure. Same. Same. Right. I'm not without my bad experiences. Totally. But but going back to the word and, and trusting 
that and the spirit in yourself, but also the spirit in others, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. guide us back to the scriptures and to teach us how to do that is huge. Mm-hmm. I think that the two metaphors that I like a lot that the scripture talks about is one is the the cultivating the farmland, you know, yes. the seed and the water yep. and the plant and the grow and the plow. Mm-hmm. And the other one is fabric. Ooh, okay. And we talk about like threads that are sort of pulled together to make something great. Mm-hmm. Like I often think of like the Christian, the church at large mm-hmm. as like a tapestry. Totally. And that um, when we study the Bible with each other, we actually pull out a thread. Mm. And I think it's meant to be taught because the Bible's not in any chronological order. Right. It doesn't make sense really for mm-hmm. us to read it. Then there people do it. I don't know what convictions that they come to, but it's a it's a feat. Yeah. To go from Genesis through Revelation. Totally. Um, I think it's more designed to be taught. Mm. And as a teacher, I think that. Right. So as a teacher, you know, if you have a large anthology or you have a whole bunch of novels that you want to teach, you can only pull out certain threads that are going to be relevant. Right. Like a library. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what I think our our church has done that I really appreciate more and more as I get older is that we've learned how to clarify which threads to pull out for somebody to have a great relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing is... Whether or not we have like a full-time minister or staff or any of those kinds of things, mm-hmm. the average Christian should be equipped mm. to be able to share and pull out one of those threads mm-hmm. of a biblical idea mm-hmm. with another person right? and bring each other to greater faith. Wow, that's so cool. That, that to me is terrific. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it makes a Sunday like the, like the culmination of those activities, a yes. celebration of those activities yes. instead of the only activity yes or the only influence Mm -hmm. right Mm because if it's so limited then we're so limited right Mm -hmm. like and you are totally speaking our language i mean the podcast is like named woven in truth like Mm -hmm. we are all about this idea of the interconnectedness that god's wired us for Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and taking advantage of that and finding him in that and and allowing him in the spirit to really use those ties those threads to, to help us come to a greater and deeper understanding of him and his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And over time, I realized too, like there's been times like you're in it with your little girl, you're mm-hmm. in it with where your job is at. So uh, you, you may or may not have the amount of time that you feel like would really deepen, you mm-hmm. know, your relationship. And in some cases it's just like, okay, I'm just gonna, like there was a, there was a period in my life, I was teaching high school um, Keith was uh, traveling a ton for work, mm-hmm. so he was out of the country all the time. It was me and my dog. I think my kids were out of the house. <laughs> or no, I had I, my son was at home still in high school, and I I would get up at five, and by five thirty, get my little doggy out on a walk by herself, mm-hmm. dark in the dark. Yeah, and I would just put in this little podcast that I found mm-hmm. that that read a little scripture and had a little insight. I love like, it. Nothing big. I love it. And I was like, this is my, it took 20 minutes to do all that. But then I had to pack everything up and I had to get to school and teach. And it's teaching high school is is not something that gives a whole lot. It's a lot more expending. Yes. Yes. And teenagers are needy Mm -hmm. human beings. Yeah. I loved the energy, but Mm -hmm. it did not bring me as much as I put out. Oh, it probably drained you. (laughs) Yes. Some days. Yeah. Some days. Um, and I thought, okay, well, this is going to be my source of insight right now. This is not going to be forever. And right. now I realize, like, now I have time. I am truly an empty nester. I can move mm-hmm. things around for my family. But I have time to, um, I mean, my husband and I now have this, we have this um, pattern of we get up, we make coffee, we find our place to sit, mm-hmm. we're going to have a quiet morning. Mm-hmm. 
we're going to read through some things. I have the, I have the luxury now of going, okay, I'm going to plan my Bible studies out. Like I did uh, the gospels in uh-huh. 2020 and 2021 I did prayer. Oh, cool. And so just, you kind of did an outline. Mm-hmm. And so you it wasn't just like buckshot, like whatever I'm needing to work sure. on or think about. You had a sure. plan. I love yeah. that. But I had those periods in my life where you throw open the Bible and you kind of oh, point, yeah. right? <laughs> you can Google. Exactly. You, you, you can't do that forever, but I'm, I'm not going to feel guilty anymore for those periods where totally. that's what it was. Totally. And because I had the discipline of that, of mm-hmm. that search kind of a thing, mm-hmm. it led me later on to planning things. Totally. So this year I'm reading about prophets and prophecy because I want to know what it's like to live your life and have God interrupt it mm-hmm. and call you to do something else. Wow. And have it be improbable. Wow. I don't know what God asks of grandmas. Right. You know, I don't, but I have some energy. Mm-hmm. I have some experience. I have some perspective. Totally. So I can't be done. Right. You're not. Yeah. So, but I have that time now and that perspective to go, I'm going to, I'm going to make some plans mm-hmm. and then fulfill those. I have more time to have that kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but before it was still really useful for me to just like listen to that little 15 minutes. I love it. And arm myself. Yeah. And I wish that I hadn't wasted so much time comparing myself to some other woman who got to go to a coffee shop and light a candle. Right. And, you know, <laughs> and all that stuff is great, right. but when you can't do those things, yeah. Is your relationship with God still meaningful? Exactly. And my thing is yes. And yeah. I think relationships are part of that. Totally. I'm struggling with this thing. My kid won't listen to me. Mm-hmm. I'm my husband and I aren't on the same page. Mm-hmm. I feel left out of something. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that where you go, okay, I'm gonna connect with this person and I'd like for them to share with me a scripture that that lifts me back up. I love and that. And continue. even asking for that. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah. And, and knowing that that's the standard and it might not be the exact same how it played out for me or in my situation as it did for them, especially if they maybe were in my situation a while ago. Like sometimes it can feel like, oh, but you don't remember what it's like. Or, But the scriptures, like you said, are still the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And if that helped them in that phase, you know, and that's something they helped you, what can I learn? Like if I change my posture, I can really consider and hear God through mm-hmm. that woman or that scripture that she's sharing with me i love that like asking for that too yeah and what if i proceeded in faith exactly being sure of what i hope for certain of what i do not see what if i just did this what if i just took the scripture to heart even like small things like i was talking to um my great friend gloria baird who Mm. passed away i think about her almost every day and she talked about not fretting yeah like the psalm psalm 37 i think very simple. Do not fret. It leads only yeah. to evil. Well, that's enough. <laughs> I'll stop that. Thank you, God. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you know, I, I don't... People People were busy before the scriptures were canonized. People are True. busy now. They're not only relevant, they're accessible. Yep. They still make sense. Mm. We can still find them. We don't need a million degrees. Right. We don't need um, a, a lot of authority. The authority belongs with God and we can muddle through and grow from right. whatever small thing we know or understand to right. a greater. The thing is, is that I've never put anything into practice in the Bible that didn't come back and bear fruit for me, yeah. either in maturity or perspective True, or, uh, you know, or someone getting baptized or better True. relationship. I've never invested in something in from a scriptural perspective that didn't have a return ever. That's so true. And I'm even thinking in my life, if I take a step back, there's never a time I've regretted doing that. 
like, oh, I really wish I wouldn't have followed God's word in this area. I think most of that comes when I don't actually. That's, I was going to say my regrets come entirely from my own sin <laughs> or my defiance or my yeah. even just lack of awareness maybe of even wanting to hear God's direction in certain areas. You know, kind of those mm-hmm. like sacred areas we yeah. have. Oh yeah. I think a lot of us have them. Mm-hmm. Um okay, seriously, I think we could make a whole <laughs> we could stop the podcast at that one question you asked. What if I proceeded in faith? Like, what if I took a scripture and proceeded in faith that what God says is true, that it is relevant, and that it is right to do mm-hmm. this? Like, I just think even just taking that question as I'm reading scripture, as I'm applying scripture, as I'm get growing in my confidence in scripture, like, such a great question, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. If, and I don't always need to know the answer. I don't always need to understand right now. Yeah. Um, I think we feel a lot of pressure to understand, to have it all make sense in order to feel good about moving forward. Yeah. But that's not necessarily faith. Mm -mm. No, the Beatitudes actually point that out. Mm. Jesus says, you know, the pagans are running after a lot of these things Mm -hmm. that God already knows that you need. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I thought that was always so interesting because I think of the word pagan as a little bit different um, than what I think Jesus was saying. He was saying this is what the world is like. Right, and I heard when, um, of course, I heard in a podcast. <laughs> I, I, by the way, right. I love podcasts. Totally. So, well, obviously we do too. Yeah. I think um, that even when that term, that term as it was used in the time was not derogatory at all. It mm-hmm. was just a distinguisher, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we're like, oh, that's so pig. It feels so. <laughs> We've made it into a bit of an insult in yeah, the Christian yeah. world. Yes. We have. We yeah. have. Yeah, but that's what I was. I feel mm-hmm. very confident in saying that's the life I came from. Totally. That was the, that was the learning that I had. And mm-hmm. it really just had to do with um, setting my sights on earth, yep. wanting to accomplish only only earthly things mm-hmm. and not acknowledging God. Yeah. So that I completely understood. Which living by the scriptures, isn't that what it is? It's like an acknowledgement of God, mm-hmm. his presence, mm-hmm. his purposes, his plan. You know, like I think it's a turning over of ourselves, mm-hmm. right, to him. It's a... Going back to him and his way and his perspective and not our own or not that of just a bunch of other people's. Yeah. Um, if I may, could I circle back to something? Sure. I mean, it kind of connects to what we're talking about even right now with the podcast thing. Because um, we are in the age of information, right? Mm-hmm. There's this uh, John Mark Comer quote says, and yet while we have more information than ever before, we don't seem to actually live much better. True. In fact, many of us feel more anxious, scattered, and distracted than just a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've read his book and he has a lot of research stuff that backs this up that he presents. And, and in my opinion, or what I felt or observed is that we do have access to more information than any other generation. Mm-hmm. But at least for me, maybe I should just speak for myself. I get overwhelmed and I get inundated. And then I kind of get paralyzed. Right. And I think I'd something I just would love your thoughts more on. You've hit on it a little bit, but maybe you could spend. I think the Bible can feel overwhelming. Right. Like I, I know I can feel like. And I've, I've worked for a church for 10 years. Like yeah. I've had way more time yeah. to invest in the stuff and learn and read. But that's kind of why I'll use a lot of other supporting resources to help me understand it or to help me apply it. Mostly podcasts and books for me and obviously other people. But like what are your thoughts on that? These things that we use to kind of maybe support the scripture. Like I don't know. Maybe I should just open it up in general. Like what are your thoughts on some of that? So I'm always reading a book. Mm-hmm. by someone and I'm in general listening to a podcast mm-hmm. I think what we need is uh, the ability to discern and evaluate 
the okay. value of information. Okay. And um, what that means is we go back to the Bible to test out uh, its truth. Mm. And in some cases, something I read really rings true to me because I can support it through the scriptures. Okay. And that's the thing about when we learn how to study discipleship, there's a lot of scriptures that are that are taught to us right. that we might forget until we encounter an opportunity for them later. Totally. So you know how the Bible, like, I think it's Peter who talks about you. He says, you're a royal priesthood. You're mm-hmm. a holy nation. Yeah. That there's something about the Christian that they are, they're called to talk to each other, help each other come out of darkness, those kinds of things. And so I'm always going to need that, that person in my life to sort of a, a Christian who will help me bounce off, you know, bounce ideas off and evaluate, right. evaluate sources. Yes. But the more information we have, the more we have to discern mm-hmm. and evaluate its usefulness True. and compare it to what the Bible has to say. And even the fruit that comes from it. Yes. That's something my mom keeps talking yep. about. And I think there's a reason why. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like what is the fruit that's coming from mm-hmm. fill in the blank? And mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier, like anytime you follow the scriptures or you rely on the scriptures or you let them guide something, a decision, a, a, you know, reaction, I don't know. The f- examining and evaluating mm-hmm. the fruit of that and even the fruit of those resources, like what are they producing? Mm-hmm. I think there's something there too. Yeah. I think we have a lot more to say about what it produces in us if we access the scriptures, if we really treat them as accessible as they are. Exactly. So that's, I think, and I think that's kind of what we're talking about in general right now is going back to the scriptures, Mm -hmm. examining them like the Bereans, like, Mm -hmm. and if those things hold up, taking more time to evaluate um, and then apply from there, right? Mm -hmm. When we see that the scriptures maybe uphold. Yeah these other things. Yeah. And from my perspective, I've learned a lot more from concordance. Okay. Than I have from commentary. Okay. So this is actually really good. That connect ideas to each other. Okay. Which is really what you're doing when you're studying the Bible with someone, you're studying the concept of discipleship. Right. Uh, Or the kingdom of God, which takes, which takes the idea of God's plan for man Mm -hmm. all the way from the old Testament to a thousand years BC. Exactly. Up to, uh, up to the current time. Mm -hmm. Now, 2000 years after the life of Christ. Right. Like how consistent that is. So what concordances do is they connect those threads in the mm-hmm. scriptures and they give you an opportunity to discern what what you need to be looking for to discern right. the information. Cuz I don't think it's meant to be entirely mysterious. Right. I don't think it's meant to be um oh you need, you know, all these advanced degrees to really understand it. Totally. I think we can we can access and cling to truth and then mm-hmm. put it into practice. Right. But sometimes commentary uh, gets us a little bit, uh, I think, a little bit off path. Totally. So we let someone else do our thinking for us. That's why I think I do it. It's just a little easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about if, right. when we do that with discipling. Totally. So someone disciples oh, us on no. something and we do it just because someone advised it, not right. because it was our deep conviction to do it. Right. But because we were afraid of retribution or we we're afraid of, uh, you know, whatever consequence oh, totally. that comes from not doing it, instead of being honest and saying, I'm going to evaluate this, I hear what you're saying, I'm going to treat it with respect, Mm -hmm. but I need to wrestle with it. Totally. And I definitely feel like in my experience as a person who's discipled other people, I needed to give them the time to evaluate it. I needed to say, these things are in your court. This is the advice. These are the Mm -hmm. scriptures that I'm using for the advice. Wrestle with it. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Totally. I'm not withholding from you. You're still in God's grace. Exactly. So think it through. 
And then let's talk about it. Let's talk right. about where you arrive and why you do it because that's part of that process. Exactly. And if we gain anything from all this information, I feel like we need to be given the grace and the time to work things out to come to the knowledge of the truth. Wow. That's huge. And that's powerful. I think that's really, that's exciting though, that God can work through a lot of this. Yeah. But I think going back and entrusting it to him and entrusting the spirits in us to help us discern some of this stuff, but also just letting the scriptures be kind of the foundational aspect of that. Yeah. I think it's just in, in its own way, it's liberating again to have that clarity, to reclaim the confidence in that mm -hmm. and I just think that's really special. So as we kind of wrap up here, what would you want to leave, you know, our listeners with like that maybe feel stuck in some of these areas or like this feels maybe like new to them or I don't know, like what would you want to leave them with? Like where would you, where, where would you encourage us to start if some, if we feel, I don't know, in process in some of this? I think that <clears throat> we need to understand there's a lot of information out there and mm -hmm. that we can accept that and we don't have to, we need to evaluate it. Yeah. We can take the time to do that. Totally. Take the time to evaluate it. Um, and that we can, can, I think we can commit ourselves to finding an insight from what we read in the scriptures mm -hmm. and however we decide to approach that. Maybe yep. I read a book from a, a source that um, quotes a lot of scripture, but then I have to really wrestle with that myself and figure out right. not to, how to necessarily gain somebody else's insight, but to gain my own. Yes. So the important thing is for us to gain our own insights. Yes. Whatever our, our ancillary resources are, that our primary resource is the Bible, that's right. the primary source, and that um, it's useful for equipping us. And right. we, we can understand it. Yeah. It's not too lofty, and we don't need a whole yep. lot of sources on it. What we need is a firm conviction yeah. And then the faith to put that into practice. I love that. So however much time we can spend to have that insight, mm -hmm. then we can spend that without without comparing ourselves to other people yes. who have more time and who have a, a better atmosphere for that sort of yes, thing. Yes, um, definitely. And then we, you know, and kind of go from there and kind of take a look, reflect on our progress, reflect exactly. on if something bears fruit, reflect on if something, you know, serves or is useful. Right. Because I don't think God intends for us to be confused yeah forever exactly so uh, for me like I figured out what a quiet time was in sometime in my 40s when I mm -hmm. was trying to do everything mm -hmm. and I was like I think it's just I'm gonna take one idea one <laughs> I'm gonna take some insight and I'm gonna walk with that one all day right I love that I love that and that's huge right that's Christianity that's yeah. what it is yeah. We don't have to feel so, ah, what's the word, inadequate in some of these areas where God it's has really common actually, for women. Yeah, totally. I feel that big time. But I, I also feel extremely encouraged by everything you shared. So I just want to take a second to thank you. I think just even your example and your fidelity to the scriptures and your respect for them and your respect for God and his plan for your life and, and his plan for all of us like I just think that's really special and really cool and it's inspired me and my faith so I just thank, thank you, you so much for your time thank you insights. this was really fun I loved it it was very helpful to me and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will agree and for those of you listening and hanging out with us I just want to close with some encouragement from Philippians 4 verse 8 through 9 to carry with you as you go into whatever comes next for you today it says summing it up 
friends, I'd say you'll do your do best by filling your minds and meditating on all things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, just like Marianne was talking about. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Thanks for listening, friends. We'll catch you next time on the podcast. We are one. We are